It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly Popery edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Roaring. As each and every week, it's brought to you by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage. We talk about sports topics of local interest, maybe a national topic. We usually have a gambling segment. I'll probably give you a master's pick or two. I got to find the odds for that. I've not even looked into that yet. I I, I am going to the masters on, on this weekend. So it's a bucket list item for me. And I'm, thanks to a friend, I'm going to get a chance to go. And of course the segment of the podcast, where you can ask me a question on any topic, just go to Twitter, hit up the hashtag ask skinny, anything, Rick, I'm sitting here with my Viking hat and my cape on. How about you? <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to get to that. I mean, what, what are we doing here in Cincinnati? Like, that is as embarrassing as it gets. Yeah, this is not going to be a popular take because I'm going to guess fans are. It's fun. Yeah, you know, it's fun. Like that doofus Derek Dietrich and his doofus chains the one year. He was fun for about two months till he couldn't chop one out of the infield. This will be really fun when you're 20 games under 500. You hit one in the eighth inning down nine to two. Are you going to play Viking man then? Uh, it would seem that way. Yeah. So that that seems to be their plan as, as far as I can tell. Good gracious. Grow up. <laughs> Do you want to start with the Reds? I was going to start with the national championship. No, no, game, I'm sorry. Can... No, no, no. I just hang on. Let me take my Viking hat off for a second. I was, All right. I, take I your cape. The take the cape, too, please. All right. I'm good. All right. Well, I, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, we actually do have a lot to talk about in the show, believe it or not. We One do. of those things is the start of the Red season. But I was going to start with the national championship game in college basketball. UConn is your 2023 national champions. The Huskies beat San Diego State by 17, 76 to 59 on Monday night. Big man Adama Sanogo was named the tournament's most outstanding player. Skinny, what did you think of the Final Four, the championship game, and really this tournament overall? I thought it was great. I thought it was great from start to finish. And I do think this is going to sound odd because they were only a four seed. I think the best team won. Um, You know, I think you could play this tournament 50 different times and, and crowned, you know, a bunch of different champions. I think UConn would probably come out on top the way they played in this tournament. And that's always the caveat. I just don't know the way they played in this tournament, who was going to beat them at any point. They were great. Start to finish. Yeah. I mean, there's only maybe two, three other teams that you could probably say you felt like they were, they were a favorite or one of the best teams in the country going in. I mean, going into the tournament, we all talked about, this year, it feels pretty wide open. It feels like there are multiple teams with a chance to win. I think a lot of people are pointing to Houston as, as a potential favorite, but then you started having some injury concerns when it got closer to the tournament with them. And then I think maybe Alabama coming in, people thought had a, had a chance to make a run. But aside from that, I didn't really hear of an overwhelming favorite. And I, I would agree with you. I think UConn ended up being the best team once the tournament got underway. I thought the the championship game was a bad championship game. I mean, it was kind of a boring game just because UConn was in control the whole time. But as far as tournaments go, this is as good as we've had in recent memory. I mean, you have the 16 over a one with Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue. You have Florida Atlantic getting to the final four, which is nuts. You have just in general, the final four of Florida Atlantic, San Diego state and Miami all being there along with, of course, UConn's been there a lot, but those three teams are, are all, new teams that we never have in the final four. Then you have uh, San Diego state shot in the final four to beat Florida Atlantic at the buzzer, which was a great game going all the way back to the first round. You have the Furman shot over Virginia and you have the, the 15 over the two and Princeton over Arizona. I mean, like there are 
several really memorable occurrences in this tournament. Agreed. No, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. You know, going into the tournament, I honestly, when I looked at the brackets, I really thought the Gonzaga UCLA winner was going to be the champ. And then the way UConn played, it felt like the UConn Gonzaga winner was going to be the champ. And they just demolished Gonzaga, demolished them. And Gonzaga was playing great um, going back to the end of the regular season as well. I, I you know, I think we, we talked on the podcast where the tournament started, you were asking about final four odds. And I, I, I think I took yep. four teams, but I took two teams to win it. My two future book bets, I ended up taking were Gonzaga and UConn. Um, I liked them both. And, and they, you know, what I'm only one of them was going to come out, but at the odds I got, I was more than willing to do that. It just felt like that was to me that the side of the, the pot of the bracket that, that, that was going to be the, that was going to be the champ. And it was. What are your thoughts on this guy, Danny Hurley? He's a good coach. He's a nut. seems like guys love playing for him. Um, I think he's one of those guys. He knows how to get up in you. And he's also a guy that can, it's going to have your back at every occasion. He's a fighter. I think his team takes on that personality. I think he's creative what he does offensively. They obviously are very tough minded defensively and he's got dudes. I mean, let's not escape that fact. He's got dudes, but I didn't think he overcoached them either. Yeah. There's no question. He can coach. I mean, he's a very good basketball coach. As far as his personality, he is an interesting guy because I think there's a lot of good there. I think there's a lot of stuff to like, but I also think he's one of those people who refuses to make himself likable. Like he, he doesn't want you to like him intentionally. He always has to do like kind of weird things and be bristly and, uh, he's just a nut. He is out of control at all he's, times. He is a nut. Not in the way that Muscleman is. Muscleman's different. It's like, look at me. It's it's flashier. It's I don't know. It's it's different. It's different nutty than what Danny Hurley is. But I, Danny I, Hurley is every bit as nutty in his own way. And listen, every coach is competitive, but I, some people just get a little bit more wound up in a game, and that's how they let their emotions go. They they, they literally wear their emotions on their sleeve, and I, I think that's him to a T. It'd be like if the Harbaugh's were from Jersey. That's what he's like. He's like a Harbaugh, but he's got this sort of edginess and toughness to him a little bit, too. It's it's hard to explain, but he is a different cat. Yeah, I mean, if you saw the, the the I don't know if it was a 30 for 30, but it was certainly an ESPN documentary on his dad and, and uh, following him around. It's probably, shoot, maybe eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, about St. Anthony's. The- yeah, you, know, you, you remember what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, you can yeah. You can see where that comes from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he said I think he said after the game that I'm the college version of my dad. Yes, there's no question. Yeah. And, and finally, Skinny, did you hear Jim Nance's sign off? I did not. I, I actually I, I I totally zoned out on that and I, I am disappointed I missed it. Well, uh, the good news for you is I do have it right here. OK, um, I am curious to hear your, your thoughts on this little confetti toss for Dan Hurley. Guys. At a loss. We're, we're at a loss. We're at a loss for sure. The GOAT. Just remember, one thing I learned through all of this is everybody has a dream and everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story. Be kind. You've told it better than most, let me tell you. Can I tell you one other thing? I mean this, not to try to play off Hello Friends, but to you, everybody in the college game, my CBS family, my family, all the viewers. Thank you for being my friend. I mean, thank you for being my the, friend. It's the Golden Girls theme. It is. The 
he just recited the Golden Girls theme as a sign off of the Final Four. I, I, I I'm sorry, Jane. Jane Nance is my friend, by the way, the personal friend. After this tournament, we talked uh, before the NKU Houston game, and uh, that's how he refers to himself as Jane Nance. So, so long, friends. That would have been the best win. Just so long, friends. I just can't. I mean, look, I get it. He's Jim Nance. Everything he's gonna do is over the top, hokey, and and broadcaster, and all that. But this is. Weren't you expecting better? Drop the mic, <laughs> right? Just, just I would just take take the headset and just drop it. Walk off the set. I mean, I get it. The Hands whole out. the whole idea is he tries too hard, but the that was it. Looked like he was looking for something sentimental or meaningful and just never quite found his way there. The way that, he was talking. That's one that he wrote out on an index card. And he recited it a thousand times in the hotel room mirror, right? Yeah, and it just never quite got there. Never quite got there. Yeah, it did not land. You can hear it in his voice as he's saying it. Like, like he says, oh, I can't be kind. I just, yeah, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> be kind. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> Everyone has a story to tell. Be kind. Thank you for being my friend. How about I'll see you bitches in Butler Cabin? <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked that better, actually. Yeah. That would have, that would have gotten them going. Uh, anything else on the national championship game, Skinny? No, I, I like I said, I I think the best team won. I, that sounds odd for a four seed, but I think you and I both talked about this team back in January as a team we thought was a legitimate national championship contender. We talked about this last week. Something went awry for a couple of weeks, but once they got their mojo back, um, it, it, you know, it, it's one thing if you win five straight one possession games. I mean, they won everything by double digits plus. Yeah, yeah, that was a dominant run. And that's another thing that people will bring up, I think, when you look back and you talk about this tournament and, you know, there's always those few little things that stick out like, oh, remember this player was great or remember that that one upset. I think one of the storylines from this tournament that will actually be remembered is remember how dominant UConn was that right. entire tournament? Right. I mean, they just never no game was close. No, exactly. A couple other college basketball notes here real quick before we move on. NKU announced a contract extension for Darren Horn on Friday. Uh, this extension will make Darren Horn the highest paid coach in the Horizon League, and it extends him through June of 2027, which is an extra two years on his current contract. What'd you make of the Norse's extension for head coach Darren Horn? You and I talked about that off the air, I think after the podcast, or maybe even before last week, because um, I'd mentioned to you about, you know, have you heard him in, in line with other jobs? And we talked about th- that a little bit. Um, I think it's interesting for two reasons. One, obviously, it shows what they think of, of Darren Horn and, and to make him the highest paid coach in the league. But it's also pretty bold for a college that's hemorrhaged money. I mean, it really is. Yeah, and I th- but I think the the importance of it was shown this year by getting to the NCAA tournament and making the school some money. When you When you're a school like NKU and you make that run to the NCAA tournament and you play well on the national stage and – you have a two and a half hour commercial for all of the world to see. Guess what happens? Oh, it's enrollments go up. Uh, people want to spend money with you through advertisement. Donations go up. All of those things. I mean, there was a there was a study. Joe Cobbs, who is uh, yep. real close with Tom Gamble, yep. our, our buddy yep. friend of the show, did a r- research project on this last time, a study on it. Last time NKU, or maybe it was the first time that NKU made the first, NCAA tournament. First, yeah, I think it was the first time, yes. A- and he did a study on all the value that it created for the university, and it was huge. So, I mean, I, I get your point, a- absolutely, and there are definitely people that are going to notice that and point it out, but I also think that's part of what made this so essential to keep someone like Darren Horn around, because 
this is also their best advertisement and their best way to make more money. Yeah, I, I will say this, too, and I'll give them a little credit and I'll ding them a little bit. But I, I've seen them ramp up some advertisement for the school um, since the NCAA tournament began. And I think it was probably tied to that, too. Right. Not not to his extension, but to the fact they were in the tournament yeah. and seize the opportunity. I think that was smart. Now, I do think that the athletic department should have had something ready to go about buy your NKU season tickets now or something along those lines. I'll ding them for that one a little bit. But yeah, I, yeah my only point to it is, Rick, I, I think you, you at least as the president of the university maybe need to say, OK, we've got our, our, our budget a little more under control. This is a separate entity, the athletic department. It's going to you know self-fund itself for, for this raise and all those things. I just think for, for a, a school that literally had to push its president out the door because they were so fiscally irresponsible, um, as an outsider, it looks a little fiscally irresponsible. But I, I also understand the point of why you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think... I would actually say I was impressed by the leadership that they were able to, one, come to the conclusion that this is what's best overall yes. for the university yeah, no, you're because right. it, it is. I mean, it's been yeah. proven time and time yeah. again. It's the best thing you can do financially for your university is be really good at your most important and most visible sports. And and second, I also think the fact that they were able to get this done, give a lot of credit to Christina Roybal, the new yeah. AD, because yeah. you got an interim president right now. And a new athletic director who hasn't been here very long, and there's some turmoil going on in the administration, and a lot of people are being turned over in terms of their jobs right now. Different people have left and uh, for various reasons. So it's like there's a lot of moving parts to to prioritize the actual priority and get it done, which was extending Darren Horn in this case while other schools were, were trying to take him away from you. I, I am pretty impressed by that. Yeah, and I would say this is not a four-year, $42 million con. We're not talking multi-millions of dollars either. But, you know, so that, that that softens it a little bit too. No, but it was, I mean, but it was a significant enough yes. bump to yes. move him up to the top paid coach in the Horizon League, which uh, prior to now, there was a pretty good gap between what NKU was paying their coach and what Wright State was paying their coach. Right. No, Scott Nagy makes a good piece of change. Yeah. So I definitely thought that was notable. And then the other piece of news was uh, just – on Tuesday, Xavier got a commitment from Indiana transfer Logan Duncombe. The six foot nine big man, of course, played his high school ball at Moeller here locally. You called a lot of Moeller games when he was playing there, correct? I did. Yeah, what, I did. What are your thoughts on him transferring to Xavier? I called a lot of his games, yes. Yeah, I called a lot of his games. Um, I'm gonna try to be as nice as I can. I hope it works out. How about that? Yeah, I think I think that's I just, probably listen, most he, 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 he didn't get on the floor at IU in all likelihood, not because of lack of ability, although that might have been part of it. I don't know. But he also played behind Trace Jackson Davis. And no offense, I'm going to play Trace Jackson Davis in that circumstance every time. Yeah. And there are a couple other guys in there, Malik Renault and, sure. and sure. yeah, Race Thompson. So, I mean, they Indiana had front court players and he was dealing with sickness injury. He had a surgery on his uh, like nasal sinus surgery this year that took him out for most of the big 10 portion of the season. So I don't think anyone really knows what he's capable of at this the, point, the, other than he hasn't been able to find his way on the floor right. to, to be productive, which at least tells you something. The thing I will say that, that maybe makes him a fit is the way Moeller runs its offense. And, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of dribble handoff stuff. It's, it's, it's obviously very patient, but he might fit in that little dribble handoff stuff at the high post and an ability to duck. I, just for me as, as the coach in me, and certainly I'm not coaching college basketball, just the coach in me rating players, I, I thought Deontay Miles was a better player. Yeah, I think one of the things, though, that you have to think about with these guys is what role are they going to be in on your team? And 
for Deontay Miles, what they needed out of him behind Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle for a couple minutes of game was to be really solid, not make a mistake, be in the right position, hold defensively, and not let a rebound get past you for two and a half minutes, maybe. And he struggled at those things, right? He might come in and yeah, no, not I, be where he's supposed to be and not get a rebound. Obviously, but, he didn't earn yeah, he didn't earn minutes for a reason. I mean, I, right, but but that's not to say your point is wrong. Like, I think there's there's a world which Deontay Miles is fine playing like 20 minutes a game, but he wasn't solid in the role that they needed him to play. I do think Logan Duncan was going to be different in that way. Like, I, I think he'll be in the right spots for the most part. I think he'll be able to rebound. The one thing that really stands out in the very limited clips from Indiana of him is his, his wingspan is legit. I mean, yeah, it, is it, it was measured at no. seven, three, and yeah. there's a lot of balls where you see, like they come off the front of the rim into the lane and he's kind of over to maybe the left he's got side good of hands. the basket. He's got he good just reaches hands. up and snatches it. Yeah, no, he's got, he's got really good hands. Yeah. He can put it on the floor a little bit. Cause like I said, he had to do that in Moeller's offense. So he wasn't a guy that they just threw and said, go line up on the block and we'll just lob it into you. I mean, he had to be out on the floor some and play. Um, he had to guard man to man because they don't play zone. So he had to guard man to man in high school and, and obviously did a good enough job of that. Uh, I just, to me, Deontay Miles is the better player if I'm going tit for tat and he couldn't crack your lineup. Well, and the, the one other thing I could see Duncan being used for is the high low stuff that Xavier ran this year. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, he did do, yeah. you know, he, he was able to, to get out on the floor. I mean, sometimes they duck. Jeremiah Davenport into the post or Evan Mahaffey into the post and Duncan would throw the entry pass to them. So he's done some of that stuff. Yeah. With his, with his big body and that long wingspan, I would think, you know, he can ride a guy up the lane two or three feet above that block and let you lob it down to him. And, and maybe he'll be able to get some stuff there. But again, this is all like they bring him in with the understanding that he's done nothing to this point at the high major level. He's going to have to earn it and prove himself to even earn minutes at all as a, as a backup. And they're still looking for, a starting caliber big man. This wasn't like the the goal wasn't to go out and get Logan Duncan and be like, okay, good, we've replaced Jack Nungy and everybody else who left. I mean, that that's not what they were doing. For full disclosure, when I talked to to, you, to Rick yesterday and I asked you, is he coming as a preferred walk on? I wasn't joking. I really thought that's what it was. <laughs> that is not the case. All right, let's move on here and get to the Reds. Mentioned that. Uh, well, hang on okay. a second. Hang on. I want, I want one more college basketball note. What's that? The women's final. Did you watch? Oh God! Do we have to do a take on this thing? I was just asking if you watched. I, I wasn't going to ask the angel, the, the 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 angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark. I'm just asking if you watched. I did watch. It got great ratings. It was an entertaining game. Uh, what do you think that is like here to stay? The whole women's game starting to become more popular because there's no denying that it has become a real thing all of a sudden. I got legit ratings this year. I saw it all over social media throughout the Final Four and the championship game. Do you think this is like a real thing with the the wave of Women's basketball. The only thing I'd have to say is it has to expand to more than a handful of teams. It feels like we're, I mean, Iowa was a little bit of new blood in there. Yeah. Um, South Carolina. LSU was kind of new blood, but Kim Mulkey's not because she's won it with Baylor. South Carolina's kind of become old hat. UConn got to the final eight again, or got to the sweet 16 again, lost to, to, to IU or Ohio state or one of those teams didn't make it to the elite eight for a rare time, but it felt like we've recycled through the same six to 10 teams. It feels like. But it was I, I Tennessee think, and UConn forever, so at yeah, least it's not yeah. them. Yeah, no, right. You're, you're right. And that, that that's probably a good thing, too. Um, you know, certainly when you watch Caitlin Clark, she she kind of has that Steph Curry in her for, with the way she shoots it from deep, and I think people are always enamored with that. Yeah, well, especially in the women's game where you're not going to have the high-flying dunks or the above-the-rim play. The I, mean, there was, I, will, I will say there was a lot of shot-making in that game, man. 
there is, but that that is the most exciting part of the women's game is if you get that really crafty ball handler, you can like step back and shoot. That is, yeah. those are the most exciting players in the women's game. And and so she is as entertaining as it gets from that perspective. And I think it was a perfect storm. Kim Mulkey's a nut, but obviously she's a yep. great coach. Um, you know, LSU was a, was a great team and you had a perfect storm of, of a, of a transcendent player like Caitlin Clark against a, uh, a coach who's won it before. And I think it was, again, you know, I think the fact that it was a Sunday afternoon at three 30 instead of a Tuesday night, I think was brilliant. I, I think it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I, well, their timing is definitely better than, than the men's. I mean, the men's game starts so damn late. Ridiculous. I don't think anyone makes it past half. No, it's anymore. ridiculous. It really is stupid. You got the women's game starting at noon and the men's game starting at midnight. It's like, is there not a happy medium somewhere in between there for the West Coast? Exactly. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's get to the, the red season. The opening day was on. Hang on, wait, 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 hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Put my Viking hat back on. There we go. All right. Here we go. We uh, we talked about opening day last Wednesday when we did the show. So we haven't talked about any actual games yet. The Reds are three and two to start the season after playing three games against the Pirates and two against the Cubs. And by the time you listen to this, they will have played a third against the Cubs as well. They have a businessman's special today, 1235 at Great American Ballpark. Skinny, we've got a few things here to talk about, but I want to just know from an overall perspective, aside from the Viking home run celebration, which we will also talk about, what is there one storyline or one note that you have that stands out from the last week of Fred's baseball? Um, If I have to, do I have to pick one or can I give you a couple? You, well, I mean, I've got a couple ready to go. So, yeah, okay. give me one. I'll pick one. Uh, the big three at the top of the rotation, I, I thought were, were fun to watch. I know Hunter Green um, didn't last as long as you would have liked, but his stuff at times was stupid electric. Lodolo, when he settled in, was was really, really good. And Graham Ashcraft was great. And I think that's what we've been looking for and we will continue to look for throughout this season is, is those guys continuing to, to do that and stack starts, not just make it one here and there um, occasionally start to really stack it. And I think, I think you will see that from those three guys. That doesn't yeah. mean they're going to be great every time out. And obviously Hunter Green wasn't great. Um, he threw a lot of pitches and didn't even last the fifth inning, but, but at times he was great. Yeah. Still had eight strikeouts and three innings right, or whatever right, it was. Right. So. Grant yeah, Ashcraft was the guy that really jumped out to me that, I mean, one run, seven innings. And last year he was a guy where it was like, is this a mirage? I mean, is this guy really real? You know, to see him come out in his first game here this year again and look just like he did a season ago and and maybe even well, I better. Thought he better. I thought he looked better. I thought he looked better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. the exciting part. It's like, man, this guy is really that good, isn't he? Like, I mean, I know it's one game, but it just uh, it was fun to watch him pitch against the Pirates. For yeah, and I, I think the thing for him is, I mean, if this had been a hell, let's just go after a Memorial Day, a, a June June onward game. I think David Bell would have let him finish it or at least try yeah. to finish it. Yeah. And I think that's the key because, no, you're, you're just not, in my opinion, you're not going to get Hunter Green past the sixth inning very often, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Odolo seems to stack up a lot of pitches, too. So you got to have somebody to eat some innings up. And, and Graham Ashcraft can be that guy and eat up good innings, not just eat them up to eat them up, but eat them up in, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, like, even if Hunter Green was capable of going deeper into games, just the way they handle pitchers in today's day and age, right. you don't see a lot of guys right. throwing that many pitches and going past the, the sixth inning. So you're right. I mean, Ashcraft is the guy that gives them that chance to to pitch the complete games and, and get them into the eighth or ninth occasionally. And, and man, I, he's just really fun because he does it differently. He's different than both of those top two guys, and he doesn't wow you with his stuff, but he makes some damn good pitches when he needs to, man. I'll be honest. Maybe it's just lefties always look better to me. I don't know why they always just look, they just look. Yeah. 
for whatever reason, I don't know why that is. They, there's just something in everything. These, Basketball, too. Right. They just look effortless. I mean, Lodolo does look effortless when he pitches. Mm-hmm. They always look smooth, sweeping. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, Skinny, this guy, Jason Vossler, five for 15, three home runs, seven RBIs, a triple, a double, no singles, no singles yet, but he's hitting the cover off the baseball. What do you make of this Jason Vossler thing? Do you think it's possibly real or uh, what's what's your take on it? I'm happy. For, I'm happy for Jason Dietrich that he's doing this well. Um, you know, hopefully Brandon Vossler can keep hitting the way he's hitting. <laughs> of course, uh, I, I catch a reference there potentially. Oh, too. I said maybe. I, I meant. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I meant Jason Vossler. Did I throw Drury in there? And, uh, and, and Derek yeah, Dietrich, I think you might have. Yeah. Listen, it's cool to see. I'm, I'm happy for him because he's been a basically a triple A player from for most of his career. He got a couple of cups of coffee in the big leagues, had a couple hundred at bats and really hadn't done a whole lot with them. Um, but I, I mean, listen, Hey, good for you, dude. Take advantage of your opportunity and and, and do the best way to Brandon Drury's credit. He did it. And Brandon Drury got paid. Derek Dietrich was just a douche. I mean, I'm sorry. He just was, uh, I mean, <laughs> and he fell off the map pretty quickly. Yes, yes, he did. I, I, I mean, let's face it. This does feel awfully familiar in that regard, and it's only a week of baseball. I mean, it, no, it hasn't yeah, even gotten yeah, that listen, point. Man, but. Take, if he had gone one for fourteen, would we, I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have just gone, yeah, that's that's Jason Vossler. So do, to, to take advantage of your opportunity, and right now the opportunity's there because first base is wide open. It's it's you know it's Stevenson on some days, but other than that, it's Vossler, and you know, go hit, young man. Good for you, dude. Well, what do you think they do? Let's just assume that this keeps going for a little bit and Vado is ready to come back in. I don't know. What, what are they saying? Maybe a week or two. I mean, yeah. what, what do you do if Vado is ready to come back? You, you've got him. He's ready to start every day. And Vossler is still hitting, you know, three fifty with uh, five home runs. Uh, Vossler could also play a little third base, but Spencer Steers also hitting. So I, I think it's a good problem to have. I think you'll find a way to mix and match it with the DH involved. I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a, a huge concern if we're being honest, especially on this team. Like the no. issue is never going to be, hey, there's too many good players or too many bats in this lineup for the Reds to figure out what to do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine they'll make it work. But I just I, I'm just curious about, like, do you immediately bring Joey Votto back into starting first base spot when he's ready? I, I, I or do I, you try to DH him for a little bit or what do you yeah, do? I, I think I think that's a, the DH is probably the way to go. But I, I also think when Joey Votto is ready to come back, whenever that is that means he's ready to be back in the starting lineup. You're not just going to be up here to, to sit on the bench and get in a bat at night. I mean, you're going to bring him up to start. Uh, what, what else you and said? I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. One other place that, that you can go is, I mean, Will Benson's getting some at bats in the outfield and that, that may not last long. It may be uh, your outfield of Friedel, Fraley, Fraley, Fairchild, uh, platooning and, and Will Meyer stays in the outfield. And then your DH is the combination of, of Votto on a day, Stevenson on a day, however you want to mix and match all those things. You said you had a, a few storylines that have stood out to you. What what else have we not talked about? It was, I, the way Jonathan Indy is hitting. I mean, I, I, hopefully this is the sign of he's back to 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 the rookie year, Jonathan India, maybe even an improved version of that. And then I know it's only a week, but it's it's a good sign. Um, I'm sure isn't the way he's fielding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 way he played last year, I think you just chalk it up to injuries, maybe a little sophomore slump and all those things. But I think that's a good sign. Because I think he is one of those guys that has to be a cornerstone for you moving forward somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be second base long term, but somewhere. All right, ex- please explain it to me, Skinny. Where does the Reds, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, where does their Viking or Nordic heritage come from for this 
Viking home run celebration that they're doing. I have no earthly idea. It's you- cultural. No, it's cultural appropriation as a Norse fan. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what. It, maybe they watched the NCAA tournament game and went, "Let's do that." I like that team. They're well, I, I saw and NKU's play, players are actually doing the same thing. I guess there's other teams that have been doing this stupid. It's like the the turnover chain and football or any of that nonsense. Yeah. they've now become a home run dress up prop is the thing. There was well, like teams. The guys from the Blue Jays have been wearing like an international jacket with all their countries on yeah. it, which like at least is cooler than the Viking outfit. I don't the Viking outfit for the Reds makes absolutely no sense. And I don't want to hear whatever stupid story Jim Day is going to do about it. Explain it to us during one of the games. I do not want to see that. Uh, I don't I don't either. Like I said, I just want to. Th- does this act wear thin when you're 20 games under 500 and losing nine to two in the eighth? Oh, I, I can't wait to see it in July. It's really going to be great. <laughs> I bet John Sadak absolutely loves it. Oh, too. dude, they went on ad nauseum about it. Oh, he probably actually watched the show Vikings. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't wear a, hel- wear a Viking helmet while he was broadcasting the game. He, he probably asked, honestly. I, I have to imagine he asked. All right, Skitty, let's get to it. You are going to a bucket list event this I weekend. Am. You are going to attend the Masters. And you can be Jay Nance's friend, just like me. Uh, what's the plan here? What what's what day are you go, going to actually be there? So so my my friend who sells for iHeartMedia, he and I are big golf buddies, and um, like 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 me, and and I always do it every year. We put our name, and a lot of golf fans do. You put your name in a lottery. It's literally a lottery system um, to win the right to buy Masters tickets, and so. He called me, what was it, maybe October, November? I can't remember when it was, somewhere around then. And he said, I got good news and I got bad news. I said, well, lay the good news on me. He said, well, the good news is I won the lottery for master's tickets for for the final round. I said, well, what's the bad news? He goes, well, the bad news is I can only take one person and I've got to ask my brother-in-law first. He says, if he turns it down, do you want to go? And I said, giddy up, absolutely. You know the answer to that. And so he called me sometime uh, in early January and said, game on, let's do it. And uh, so we're going to play our way golfing down there. We're going to stop in Sevierville, Tennessee. We're going to stop in Asheville, North Carolina. We're going to stop in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, and then nice. go for the final round of the Masters. The only problem is it's supposed to rain on Masters final day. I, I literally had to buy a rain suit just in case. So you're going to be there for the final round? For the final round, correct. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Where... Um... Are, are you going to actually like spend some time in these cities that you're playing golf in or yes. is it yeah, going we're, to be like a quick? Nope. We're, we're, we're playing in Sevierville and then driving. Uh, actually, we're doing this tomorrow. That's why we're doing this podcast a little bit early. Although usually we do it Wednesdays in, in this time of year. Um, we're going to play golf early afternoon and then drive to Asheville, stay in Asheville and party it up. It's, it's Asheville, such a good city. That's what I've heard. Uh, that's what I've heard. And so we're going to, we're looking forward to that. Then we're actually driving from Asheville about an hour South to play golf then driving to Columbia on Friday, playing golf in Columbia on Saturday, and then driving to Augusta early, crack of dawn Sunday morning. That is that is a strong weekend coming up for you. It I is. am very jealous. Do you have a favorite golfer? I don't. A guy that you like to follow? I don't. I'm, 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 a, I, I'm one of those. I, I just enjoy why. I, I'm in a one-and-done league, so I usually root for that guy on a given week, or I will uh, occasionally saunter over to Lawrenceburg to make a handful of golf bets each week. I haven't done that for the last couple of tournaments, so I always have kind of a rooting interest from that perspective. Um, but no, I, no, I, I will say I watched the, the Netflix special on, on, uh, then they're doing a second year of it. And I found that outstanding. It was really well done. It got uh, to let you know a couple of player, a handful of players. I thought was really cool. I disagree. Um, I, I thought that was brutal. I could not get through it. 
Seriously? Yeah, I thought it was I loved it. just totally sanitized. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it brought back memories of my daughter grew up playing golf, played golf in college. And uh, just seeing Justin Thomas talk about his childhood and all that stuff brought back some memories because they played in a lot of tournaments together, obviously not against each other, but um, him being a Kentucky and she obviously being a Kentucky, they played on a junior tour throughout the state. And so we were at a lot of tournaments that Justin was at. So I've known of Justin Thomas's name for a long, long time. Um, I know that's her favorite player, probably um, him or, him or Jordan Spieth. But uh, yeah, I don't really have a favorite player. So uh, what what what's the move while you're there? Do you set up at a certain hole you want to so, watch? Or are you going to so, try to follow a group? Yeah, it's funny you say that. So we have another friend of ours who went and said on on that day specifically, he said it's a foot race. But he said everybody runs to the 18th hole. You put a chair down. Nobody bothers your chair. And then you go kind of walk around the course for the rest of the day. When the, when the final group's coming to 18, you go plop in your chair. And I said, nobody takes it. He goes, nope. So then really? I saw uh, the voice of the Bengals and, and Bearcats, Dan Horde, who's been to the Masters before. Uh, his son was playing a game that I called a couple of days ago. Son goes to Walnut Hills. And I told Dan, I said, hey, I'm I'm checking off a bucket list this week. He goes, don't tell me. I said, yep. I said, I'm going to the Masters. He said, I told him the 18th hole story. He said, got a better one for you. He goes, go to the 16th hole, which is a par three. He goes, great action there. Everybody races to 18. You'll, you probably won't outrace everybody to 18. He said, and, and, uh, 16 is a little further out. So people don't want to run that far. He said, go to 16 and set up. He said, then you can kind of follow behind the leading group for the last two, uh, the last couple of holes. I went, that might be the plan then. So yeah, something along those lines for sure. Uh, one of those two holes. I, I like Dan's plan better. I think 16 would be more fun to watch. Are Will you wear your golf shoes to the event? Um, if it rains, I probably will just so I don't muck up a pair of tennis shoes, but yeah, if it doesn't rain, I probably would not. Oh, fair enough. I mean, this sounds fantastic. Uh, but do I, I saw the, the prices, they always tweet the prices of the master's concession items out because they're like stuck in 1980s prices, you know, a sandwich is a dollar 50, yes. a chicken biscuit for breakfast is two bucks, all of that stuff. So uh, do you have your eyes set on any specific concession items? Are you going to get a pimento cheese sandwich? I'm not a pimento cheese guy. Are you? I am. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like it grilled. As goofy as oh, it yeah, sounds. that sounds good. Yeah, I, I don't mind it grilled. Other than that, I can't. I mean, I just eat it on pretzels occasionally. It's just the texture of it. Bothers. I don't know why it bothers me. It, it just does. But uh, uh, the thing that intrigues me both is, is the cheap, cheap beer prices. But I can't get hammered. I can't get hammered at the Masters. There's yeah, no- so only $5 a beer. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Oh, not not by today's prices. It's yeah, $14 at a Reds game. I was going to say, I, I probably will make up for it in the in the uh, pro shop, unfortunately. But uh, I've got a bunch Oh, of- I imagine the Peter Millar polos are not cheap there. No, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I, you know me, I got to get a three quarter zip, right? I got. Oh, it. yeah. You do need a green quarter zip. That's for sure. Yep. So about the actual event, do you think there's going to be any real drama over the live stuff and the PGA Tour guys competing against each other in a major? I don't. I, I don't think I think people that come to to this event specifically, if this was the Phoenix Open that they let this at the waste management thing. I think you'd have a bunch of hooting and hollering and heckling. I just don't see that taking place here. I could see some cold shoulders from players. I mean, it would be interesting to see Rory get matched up with a live player, you know, on one of the final two rounds or something like that. I think you'd see some cold shoulders there, but I don't think from the fans' perspective, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking more along the lines of the players, especially in their post-round interviews and stuff like that. I think that's where you have a, a real potential to see well, it come out. 
I will say it'll be fascinating if a live player wins this event, because then they're going to point their finger and say, see, we can come play the majors and still play our, our events. And we're, we're plenty tuned up. Cause I've seen a couple of players that have wondered aloud, you know, these guys playing 54 whole events where they're guaranteed X number of millions of dollars. And is it really all that competitive? And now that the pressure's on, will they be able to handle 72 holes in pressure? Um, I think is a legit point to raise. I think it's certainly a legit point to raise because they haven't been playing in a pressurized situation. I know there's, you know, more money for winning than there is for 53rd place, but you're also guaranteed a paycheck out there every week on live. Um, and a, and a, a lot of guys are already making guaranteed money before they even step on the course. Um, so I think it is a legit concern, but if one of those live guys wins it, and certainly there's plenty of guys there on there that have, that have won and are capable of doing so, I think you're going to get a lot of finger wagging. I told you so from those guys. How many guys do you really think are capable of winning it that are live guy? I mean, it feels like the live tour is pretty weak in terms of their top talent, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like Patrick Reed's won one. Dustin's won one. Kepka. I mean, you got some dudes and Kepka's Kepka's actually playing really well at the moment. Well, speaking of that, what, what type of uh, picks do you have for us? I've got the odds up right here. Winner, top five, top 10. I've, I've got that board. Those are my favorite. But I mean, the Masters is actually a great event to bet. I don't normally bet, bet golf, but the Masters is great because you can bet on every possible thing yes, going on. I mean, every hole, every head-to-head outcome. I, I mean, anything you can think of involved in golf, it's available for the Masters. Uh, but the easiest one, especially when you're going in, is like picking a guy to either win Finish in the top five, top 10, top 20. Yeah, I usually don't like do that. top 10s. I'll do some top fives um, here and there. Um, Who do you like? I, I love Scotty Scheffler. I, I know the odds probably aren't great. What, what, yeah, he's what, the what, favorite. He's, he's plus, six, plus 650 to win. That's it? Wow. Yeah, he's the favorite. I would have thought he'd be double digits. He's playing, they, they, they pointed out he's playing better now leading into this Masters than he was last year when he won it. Yeah, no, I, exactly. So I guess that is, it is legit. I mean, honestly, what is Kepka? Uh, Kepka is down a little bit. He is 40 to one. I, I, I have a hard time wanting to bet on a, on a live player. I do, but he's healthy again. It seems like he's playing really well. And that price is pretty juicy. I think I'd have to put a, a, a 10 spot on, on him. Um, what is Joaquin Neiman? He's probably up there in, in odds too. 55 to one. See, I, I like, I like it. I wouldn't mind taking a, God, I wish Sheffield was double. If he was 10 to one, I'd jump on him for 20 bucks to win 200 and then spread another 40 around places. Um, another one I like, and I actually just picked him in my one and done today is what's Rory. Uh, Rory is the second favorite. He, yep. He's pl- uh, seven and a half to one. Yeah. I'd have to make a choice between Rory and Scheffler. So I won't bet on Scheffler. I'll bet on, I'll bet on Rory, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, what's Colin Morikawa. So that is, that is the guy that I'm going with. He's 28 to one. Yeah. So I'll go Morikawa, Neiman, and Kepka is my three longer shots and worry it with the with the twenty dollar bet. So I'll spread the other forty around those other guys. All right, that sounds good. I I know nothing about golf per usual. I want to make that very clear. But my guy going in was Colin Morikawa, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. That's a nice odd. I like the odds on him. Yeah, I did too. Twenty eight to one seems like he's been playing really well. So. That's what I'm going with. Anything else, Skinny, before you head to the Masters that you want to share? No, I just, I, I, I honestly, it's one of those things. I, I'm not a bucket list guy. I don't, are you a bucket list guy, Rick? I mean, do you literally have a list? I don't, I don't have an actual bucket list, I but either. I mean, there, there are a few things out there that I'd still like to experience from a sporting perspective. And it's, it's always awesome when you get to, to go to one of those things that's held in this type of regard. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate that I've gone to a Super Bowl. I've been to a World Series. I've, I covered a World Series, actually. I've been to 
a final four um about the only major major and i don't it's not even really a major sporting event really anymore in the country's landscape i've never been to an indy 500 i guess i'm not a big auto racing fan but and i wouldn't consider that a bucket list item but i you know, I've been to a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool sporting events. I, 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 I can't lie um, to that. I've, I've been to a bunch, and this is certainly one of them. I, I know this isn't a bucket list item, but you've never been to an NBA Finals, have you? I have not. No, that's a good point. I've not done that. I would, I, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. I mean, as a kid in New York, I think, I think we went to a Knicks playoff game. I know we went to a couple of Knicks games. I want to say we went to, and this is in the early seventies. This is in the White Walt Frazier Knicks days. Um, I think we went to a playoff game, but I, it wasn't a Finals. All right, let's take a quick look at, at the Bengals skinny. The draft coming up in about, what, three weeks now? Uh, T-minus three weeks from tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Three weeks from Thursday. What else should fans be looking out for right now as far as the Bengals go? Still got to sign a backup quarterback. Um, I, a decision is going to have to be made at some point on Joe Mixon and if if they punt him. And I, I do wonder now, that the deeper we've gone into this, if they're making sure that, they get a draft pick that they feel can step in and play, and then they go get a veteran after cutting Joe Mixon. I still don't believe Joe Mixon will be on this, this roster come uh, come training camp. I just don't. But uh, I think that's the decision they're going to have to make. The Zeke Elliott stuff, we kind of poked at last week, and you know he had his finalist list, and he wanted it to be done by last week. Well, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, that didn't mean any, any of those teams wanted him, and obviously nothing came to fruition in that regard. So I don't think there's a whole lot else you're going to see um, you know, they've got a, a short-term plan at tight end. I think it'll be addressed in the draft as well. And um, I think the Joe Mixon thing is the one to play out. Obviously, the Burrow contract extension is, is something T. Higgins and Logan Wilson, too. But Burroughs is the really, the I think, the next big domino to fall at some point. Uh, do you think that is still likely to happen this offseason? Or, or? I do. I mean, okay. I, I think at the very least to buy time, if they can't get it done by the time they have to announce the fifth-year um, fifth-year option being picked up, that will be announced. That's guaranteed money for a fifth year. That's probably gives you at least a little, on both sides, a little little uh, soft landing area, for lack of a better term, where Joe doesn't have to worry about getting hurt and never getting paid. Um, there is guaranteed money with that fifth-year option. That's what they did with Jonah Williams. That's why Jonah's going to be hard to move in a trade, um, if they even want to move him, for goodness sakes. And it doesn't sound like they do. So, yeah, it, it, I think it'll – I, I think it'll probably get to the point where they're going to have to do that just to buy themselves a little more time. But I, I can't believe something doesn't get done by camp. All right. It's time for some Ask Skinny Anything. How about Let's that? Let's do it. All right. Skinny, can you still sing the hooray for the Cincinnati Reds song by the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra? The angry guys would pump this anthem after Reds wins. I, can, I cannot. I don't remember the lyrics to it. Do you have the hooray for the Cincinnati Reds song? I do. Yeah, credit Karma? Ah, come on, Credit Karma. Three oh, seconds. You got to have the ad first. Zero yep. for up to eight. I mean, if you are doing a podcast right now or any type of show about the Reds and you haven't asked 
for the rights from the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra to play that as your bumper music, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Jeff that Carr, is, you need to play that on your Locked On Reds podcast. That is an absolute electric factory. So you guys used to sing that during the Two Angry Guys, apparently. I, th- I think that was more of a gam- I think that was more of a gamble singing fest. Okay, that was from our guy David. He wanted it's to great. know if you That's could great. still sing that. Uh, Skinny, which athletes do you prefer, Roman numerals guys or hyphened last name guys? Oh, that's a good one. I kind of like, kind of like Roman numeral guys. Me too. Yeah, I, me I too. do like Sidney Jones the fourth that the Bengals just signed. But if you go, I will say one uh, caveat on that: if you're a second and you go by the second instead of junior, you're kind of douchey. Well, but you go only go by the second usually if there's more after you, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, if I there's think- not and you go by the second, that's kind of douchey. I mean, I'm a junior, but my, 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 so I, I don't go by the second. Same. And I mean, technically, I was I don't have that on my birth certificate or anything, but I would be a as junior, a junior. You don't? Yeah, there's no like junior or second or anything on my birth. Yeah, certificate. I have it on my. But, yeah. but it's my dad's exact same name. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a junior as well. And, and don't go by uh, don't go by the second. Paul Daner Jr. doesn't go by Paul Daner the second. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I have seen I have seen athletes who put the second on their jersey instead of junior. Yeah, I've never asked him uh, because he he has two daughters. I do wonder if he has a boy, if he if he names him Paul. And then he becomes the second and that becomes the third. Or maybe he's going to name him Jim. I don't know. But can't you still be June? Well, I guess I guess you're right. I guess you have to become the second after there's a third. I think so. Yeah, I would think I would. I would think so. Mm, all right, maybe I'm the problem there. I don't, uh, I don't mind. I don't mind half hyphen last name guy, but I, I like Roman numeral. Me guy. neither. I like Roman numeral too. I think the 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 good stuff is when you start getting into the fours. Yes. Once you get that V in there, whether yes. it be the four or the five, like uh, you know the Shrivers that I, I play. I played uh, with AJ Shriver. Went to school with AJ Shriver in grade school, and he's a fifth. Wow. So AJ Shriver V, and like I remember in high school and, and college, a lot of his buddies would just call him V. Call him V, exactly. Yeah, that's Love like it. that's pretty sweet. Now we can call Sydney Jones. What's up, Ivy? Yeah, that's <laughs> Ivy. All right. Is Skinny a malt or a shake guy from UDF or otherwise? Great question. I am a shake guy. I don't mind a malt. I never understood the real difference other than they put the malted powder in it. I never could taste the difference. So why why bother putting the malted powder in it? Just drink the shake. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the malt, the, the malt taste just, I don't know. It adds a little something that doesn't need does to it? be there to me. Yeah, I was going to say, does it though? I mean, not a ton, but it's like a little something extra. That's like, why the shake was fine. What? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Need yeah, to change I'm, it at all. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm a shake guy. Uh, given the nicer weather, what is Skinny's favorite brand of summertime short pants? I mean, if we get the summertime short pants question, it's it's officially spring. You know, it happens every year. My like like Hager or something like that. I guess so, because you you view short pants as a very specific item. So you're only talking about like khaki shorts, essentially. All right. Hang on. I'm going to my closet to pull out a pair and I'll let you know. Hang on. All right. It's got to be Hager. You seem like a Coles guy. I pulled out a pair of summertime khaki short pants. I'm going to read what it says on the inside label. It says nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Unbranded. What, you get this from the, says, you get this from the hardballs? It says absolutely nothing. How is that possible? I don't know. Where, where, where'd you get these things from? Walmart? No, they're nice. I got I've got some nice. So you've seen my summer. I got a nice summertime short pants. Hey, you've got a great summertime short pants game. That's for sure. Are you a Coles guy? You seem like you'd be a Coles guy. Well, here's the thing. 
here's this is no lie. I, I don't even do my own clothes shopping. Yeah, your wife takes care of that for you. She literally she bought me five new golf shirts for the trip, and I haven't tried any of them on yet. So I need to do that at some point. And and a and a rain suit. So no, I'm looking at these shorts. They don't say anything. So I don't know what brand. They probably are Coles. That's probably a good call. Yeah, seems like you. You seem like you would be wearing Kohl's clothes, whether you bought them or not. I just feel like it's probably from Kohl's. Yeah, that's probably a good. That's probably a good call. Let me Which see. I'm not you... bashing Kohl's. I do the same thing. That is not a shot at Kohl's. To be very clear, I'm look got at nothing. Golf shirts. I haven't even looked at these golf shirts yet. Hang on. What do we got here? Ooh, I got an Izod. <laughs> Hang on. Ooh, I got two Izods and a Callaway. Oh boy, you're going to be rolling this week. I am. All right, I'm good there. Sorry about. I wish I could give give that person the answer. I just. Yeah, we tried our best. I mean, that also gives you an idea of our, our recording studio setup here. Probably the last time I, I bought shorts, I bought them at Pennies. Pennies. Or McAlpin's. Yeah, I, I, used to, McAlp- I was a McAlpin's Crestview Mall guy for a long I, time. I was going to say, I, we both grew up next to a yep. McAlpin's before it went out. You know, the, you know the old Crestview Hills Mall that when it was an indoor mall and it had the uh, fountain inside? Oh, for sure. I fell into that fountain area, that water, when I was a little kid. I was going to ask you, were you drunk? Well, well, when I say fell in, I, I jumped in. But okay, yeah, it's a big difference. Okay, yeah, 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 I yeah. jumped in, but that, my 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 mom, mom did not appreciate that. I was just saying, I can't imagine mom was too pleased with that move. Uh, if Cincinnati media personalities got a chance to play a tournament at Augusta, who's winning? Well, that's a good question. Who all they play with? Who can golf? Vogel's a pretty good player, although he's battling a neck issue at the moment. Now that he's retired. Brad Johansson's good, but he's not a Cincinnati media member anymore. Um. I played with Dan Horde. Dan's good, but Dan can be erratic. But Dan, when Dan strikes it, he's he's pretty good. Does Daner play? He does. Can he? Um, he it seems like he could hit the ball a mile. He he can, but he's very erratic too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I've not played. I, I know Mike Petralia loves golf. I've not played with Mike yet. Something tells me Mike would be sneaky good. Mike, Mike does Mo good. play? Mo does play. Erratic. Um, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Erratic. Mo, Mo, yeah, but maybe I, I not. Play, maybe just bad. I play with Mo. I, no, he he's just one of those guys who, who knows he's not great at it and yeah, doesn't really doesn't care. take it serious. Same. Yeah, yeah that's how that's how correct. I am. I stink. Yeah. Correct. I mean, well, I, I played in a fun foursome with with Mo and a, my friend I'm going to Augusta with and a and another guy uh, last summer down at uh, Twin Oaks in in beautiful Covington Latonia area and we had a very nice round. It was a lot of fun. I was at Twin Oaks this weekend getting my father a, a birthday gift. I'm trying to think, uh, I, I I don't know if Joe Daneman or Jeremy play. Something tells me, believe it or not, Caleb No from Channel Nine. He was a kicker in kicker in college. Kickers are usually good golfers because of the swing plane. Are I'm you serious? About serious? That. I'm serious about that. One of the better guys on the on that celebrity tour for a long time was former kicker Aldo Greco. He was great. Well, is it because of that, or is it because they don't have a real job in the NFL? They have well, plenty of time to just, golf. There's some truth to that too. I think there's some truth to that. I know Lance I've, doesn't play. If I had to put money on somebody, I might put it on Dan. Dan Horde. Yeah. All right. Uh, what? Uh, I bet Lapham hits the hell out of the ball too, but probably can't do anything other than. Yeah, that. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, that's probably the case. Yes, I've not played with Lap. I don't know if Lap plays. I'm assuming yeah. he does. Is Anthony Munoz good? I know he always hosts his own. I've never seen him play. I know David Fulcher's good. I've played with David. Oh, yeah. David hits at a country mile. Oh, yeah, I would assume so. I mean, God, his shoulders are six feet wide. Yeah. But he's got a good swing. He's a good player. Jim Breach is a really good player. Well, a kicker. Another another kicker. Of course. Swing plane. How could he not be? 
All right. Uh, looks like this is our last one. Is Skinny a Chat GPT three or Chat GPT four guy? Listen, man, I'm neither, and I'm going to tell you what. We better do away with AI. We're all going to be doomed in ten years. That's all I'm going to tell you. Are you worried about the robots? I am worried about the robots. Are you worried about them like taking over and attacking us? Or are you worried yes. about them taking all of our jobs? Both. Not fair. I mean, the the, the, the taking our jobs is just as bad. Nobody's gonna have, nobody's gonna have any money to work, or uh, nobody's gonna have a place to work. Do you I, think I, I at any point, point your That's life just, will I, intersect with Chat GPT three or any other stuff? Do you think like at any point you'll be using it? I think we're going to be forced to it. So uh, hopefully I'm retired by then to be honest. You'll be in the business. You'll be in some kind of form of business. I, I, I'm I hope already it using it. That. I, I just, I can't do it. I just, it's just, it's too creepy to me. And the fact that now actually these people that are doing this are scared by it, then let's just shut it down and, and, and do away with it. Yeah. Some of the stuff they're doing, like I, I saw this guy and it has nothing to do with the person involved, but it, he took, um, what he did was he made his own song, like he wrote out lyrics, he rapped it himself, and he was just like a, a normal, like white guy like you or me. And, sound, you know, obviously it would sound terrible. And he had done, he had trained an AI robot to learn Kanye West's like voice patterns Ames, and all yeah, that. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, so it, he ran it through that script and it came out and it sounded like Kanye West had just rapped a, that's a new song. See, that to me, and that's- it's like, what how, now what do you do with copyright and all that stuff? Like, people are just going to be. Legit making up new. I mean, honest to God, this wasn't even one of those things where it sounded weird, where you could kind of tell it's like, oh, yeah, it's getting there, but it still sounds like a weird robot and it's not quite right. This sounded like Kanye West went into a studio and recorded a song that day. You know, I I, I let, and I'm sure you do too. I let every scam call go to voicemail or actually it never goes to voicemail. They just hang up and, and never. I mean, there's yeah. one that's going around right now that every time I see the number, I, I've looked it up. It's a big IRS scam. And actually, I saw it on the news last night warning people about it. But it, uh, the, the, the story that I saw, Said that that now they're the, the scammers are finding a way to have a have a phone call go to like it'll pop up Rick Roaring even though it'll be a scam call and they'll have your voice. Really, that, that's potential down the road. Yes. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Well, I've no. seen the ones where they're doing it like uh, they're saying your kid is missing, and they you know like they've kidnapped them and they're trying to hold them for ransom. And they like know your your kid's information and what happens when they start being able to get like your kid's voice and using that again. I know. I mean, like, no, I, it is saying. scary why, to think why about. Why do we have to go to the, just shut it down? What, 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 do, we, what do we need it for? Uh, what, I think we're it? past that point, unfortunately. <laughs> Somebody tell me what good is it? It's like cryptocurrency. What's the point? <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I honestly don't understand the point of it. Maybe I'm too old. Get off my lawn. I got to take my Viking helmet off now. Now I'm angry. There goes the yeah, dead. T- watch the Viking helmet. You don't want to stick someone with across the horns. Yeah, it made me so angry. I had to throw the Viking helmet across the room, for goodness sakes. All right. Well, well I, I will say this. If you, if you ever do answer a, a scam call, I've got a couple of people with this, right? As soon as I answer, I go FBI, and it sounds very quickly like FBI. And so I'm not impersonating an FBI officer. I say FBI, Skinner Bureau of Investigation, if they ever came to it. But it scares them off. They usually go, oh, well, I'm sorry. Click. Really? That or answer in a foreign voice. I do a foreign voice every once in a while. I, I don't practice that on the podcast. I don't know. If you, I don't I don't know if you, I, I'm so sophomoric. Back 20 years ago, I was a big Jerky Boys fan. Um, I don't know if you remember the Jerky Boys. Where they I don't. Made all kinds of crank calls. They've got albums out. You go to YouTube. There's all kinds of Jerky Boys stuff all there. And they used to use some some fake foreign voices, and I'll use those occasionally. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what my move is? Is I have let my voicemail inbox fill up, so it says like you can't leave any more messages. Oh, good call. And I don't delete any of them. 
So you cannot leave me a voicemail because I don't want to check voicemails. I hate them. If it's anyone I know and it's important, you either text me or I answer the call. No, that's right. Or call you back. So it's like, I don't need any voicemails. I am. I'm living in a post voicemail world and I've been doing so for the last three years. And it is the best. I will. I will get duped today. And we're doing this on Wednesday. And for those that may be listening to it, hopefully you're uh, the the weather has gone by us, but it does look like it's going to be maybe a nasty day. I do get duped occasionally. By not answering the uh, the 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 uh, warning call, the weather warning call, and that'll leave a voicemail. I'm like, who left this voicemail from this eight? Oh, oh, severe thunderstorm warning in my area. Great, good to know. Sorry, I didn't answer that call. Yeah, I mean, like that's you got to protect yourself out here, man. You gotta you gotta know the phone games. No question. There, there's there's no question. Yeah, I I don't really answer any calls from numbers I don't know. I'm with you. And then I don't take voicemails so it's it's really been a nice existence that i've set up for myself yeah all right that's all i got all right uh i do want to say this in, in passing today and closing today um our condolences to our friend chad brendel his yep. wife kelly passed away on tuesday the april the 4th she'd been battling cancer for a long time and uh we we did college basketball podcast with chad uh, years ago and uh, uh really saddened for him and his, his daughter and, and all the best yeah they're certainly in our our thoughts just it's really yep. tough Yep. So keep them in your prayers, please, if you would. Thanks as always for the questions. We will be back next week. I'll recap my trip to the Masters. Hopefully all goes well. Hopefully I dodge the rainstorms and maybe get around to golfing as well. For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the weekly Pope Edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage.